following announcement has been paid for by the WZWA Network. Hi, everybody. This is former WWE superstar Al Snow. And- CWN is Sean Oliver. My name is Eugene. And you are watching the Insider's Edge podcast. Now get on the train. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast here in conjunction with the WZWA Network. I'm your host, as per usual, California in Fury. And this is a big one. This is something that we did not think would be possible, but it is. It's happened. I'm nervous, but we're going to have fun. And at this time, I'd like to introduce the one and only original gangster, New Jack. How are you going today, my friend? Hey, bro. What's going on? Going well, man. Going well. It's cold as balls here in Perth, Western Australia at the, at the moment, if you can believe that. Um, it, it does yeah. actually get cold down under. Um, how are you doing over there? I'm good. It's warm here. Yeah, it's lucky in the middle of summer over there. Yeah. Um, so, New Jack, we ha- have you on today. We've, we've got plenty of questions here for you. And, and we want to start, I guess, as we usually do, is uh, asking how you became a fan of professional wrestling. I used to watch it. I didn't, I didn't watch it that much when I was a kid, but I watched it sometimes. And we would go to the Coliseum in North Carolina and we would see the matches with Dusty Rhodes and the whole nine. So I kind of got hooked on it then. And at some point, uh, I guess it, you, you were a bit older than some people are when they first start training. Uh, I can't remember what age you were, but you uh, trained with Ray Candy. Uh, how did you find yourself in the situation of, okay, now I'm going to train to become a professional wrestler? Well, I had a buddy that asked me to do it, and he was doing it down at WCW, and he couldn't afford to pay anymore, so he, he got out of it. But he figured he knew enough to where he wanted to bring me in. So we started training, and then he introduced me to Ray Candy, and then that's when I started training with Ray in Atlanta. And I started when I was 29. That's right, 29. Awesome. Um, and uh, so how was your experience training with Ray? It was cool. He, t- he taught me a lot. It was cool. Um, once you're done with your training with, with Ray, uh, do you immediately start working in the USWA? No, it was a, um, a little indie, a little, a little indie uh, company in Atlanta that I started working with. And then North Georgia Wrestling Allowance, I started working with them. And they put me on TV at like four in the morning. Wow. I, I would stay up That's... and watch it. It was like, it was me on TV. So I'm like, well, you know, why not? <laughs> that's a, that's, that's a strange time slot that wrestling on, man. But that's, um, that's awesome, man. It'd be fair for you, uh, niche, be a niche audience there, man. All staying up, waiting to watch wrestling, all the hardcore fans. Um, right. I wanted to get into your uh, time at Smoky Mountain uh, with Mustafa. Um, I found it awesome. I was, I was watching a uh, promo of yours recently, and the fact that you guys needed disclaimers um, was hilarious. Uh, how was um, your time in Smoky Mountain with Mustafa? Because like, you guys would have learned so much there alongside, uh, you know, with the likes of uh, shooting with uh, the Thugs and Rock and Roll Express. I had a good time working with Mustafa. And Jim Cornette saw us one night on TV. He invited us to come down to Smoky Mountain and do a tryout. So the next month they had a show in Atlanta and he put us on the show. He liked what we was doing. So he offered us a job. So me and Mustafa went to Smoky Mountain and started working with Smoky Mountain. Yeah. 
Uh, awesome, man. Um, yeah, as I said with the, um, with the disclaimers, man, because it's, uh, it's something you, you would never really see with any other tag team. Uh, you know, it just shows, uh, sort of just shows the effect and the amount of heat you guys were managing um, to sort of bring on back in those days with uh, Mustafa. I think that's uh, absolutely incredible that you guys were able to have disclaimers uh, for the promos. Right. There's also something else I uh, found out tonight was that you actually had a uh, match with The Undertaker in 1995. Uh, but I haven't yeah. been able to find any footage of that anywhere. Uh, tell me about that. It was on the internet. They took it down. Yeah, I don't know why. But we did an angle with Tracy Smothers and Bob Armstrong yep. against me, Mustafa, and D'Lo. And they brought in The Undertaker as a special special guest for them, a special guest opponent. And we ended up working like for that, that whole weekend. And it went over real good. Man, what an incredible experience that would have been, especially like in that time when The Undertaker was, uh, you know, red, red hot. Um, yeah. With that, with that dead man gimmick. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about your feuds uh, with the thugs, uh, Tracy Smothers and Tony Anthony uh, and the Rock and Roll Express. Do you have any stories from that time working with those guys? I enjoyed working with them. With Tracy and, and, and Dirty White Boy, I had a good time working with them. They taught me a lot. You know what I mean? I learned, I learned a whole lot with Tracy. Dirty White Boy, Rock and Roll Express, you know what I mean? And I always give them guys credit for me becoming who I became as far as a wrestler because they helped me out a whole lot. That's great to hear, man. It's always shows like uh, the people that you've, I've always found with a lot of wrestlers, um, the people that they teamed up with early and worked with early, you know, they seem to learn so much from them. And especially two, uh, two teams like that with such, uh, you know, so much experience as well. It would have been so, so awesome to sort of work under and learn from them. Um, right. around the same I'll tell time, you what though, Jack, I'll tell you what on. though, it seems like in a, several of our interviews, Tracy Smothers' name always seems to come up early on in, in a lot of guys' career, especially those ECW guys. Um, have you got any personal stories of, of uh, Tracy Smothers and, um, you know, maybe partying with the Rock and Roll Express? We didn't really party and Smoky Mountain because we had so much heat. It was like after our matches, we was getting in the car and we was leaving to go to the next town. All right. Yeah. You know what I mean? We didn't hang out because the fans didn't like us and we didn't like them. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we was in there, we got paid, we got the fuck out of there. You know what I mean? And I was done. And I would see them the, the next night in the, in the next town. Fair enough. Was there ever sort of any moments where like very volatile situations with fans where they got a bit too close for comfort and, you know, uh, had you been a second later, you might've been totally screwed. Let me say it again. Uh, were there any sort of moments um, with those fans when you say you were like getting, getting out? Was there any moments where there could have been, you know, one, one second later that you got out and you would have been maybe screwed with getting out? I mean, the fans did like us. Yeah. They hated us. You know what I mean? And I didn't like them motherfuckers either. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> you know, and there were times when the cops had to escort us to the building. After the match, they escort us back to the police station, and then we get in our car and we leave. The, the fans were, like, throwing bottles at us and bricks and shit. You know what I mean? <sighs> and it, it, was, it was nuts. But, I mean, that was just part of being in Smoky Mountain, being black, a heel tag team. That's what came along with it. Wrestling fans, man, there's something else, especially in that time period, man. It's crazy. But I think being able to sort of draw that amount of heat, uh, that's something to be really proud of, especially as a hero. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Um, I wanted to kind of seg into uh, you joining ECW and immediately working with the public enemy with uh, yourself and Mustafa. Um, you know, how was that for you? I just watched the footage of your debut uh, a few hours ago. Uh, how was that for you, that first night in ECW? It was nuts. It was nuts. The, the fans were crazy. And, I mean, it was an atmosphere that compared you, – you can't compare it to nothing else. It was it just off the fucking hook. You know what I mean? And we came in, and we got established from day one. And we did a, a round with Public Enemy, and it went over real good. Yeah, you guys beat the absolute piss out of them. Uh, they were bleeding, and um, it was—I I was a bit—it was a shame that the table uh, f fell to pieces as you were about to splash uh, onto one yeah. of the guys. Yeah. Um, but you could totally see that this is a perfect fit for the gangsters in ECW. Um, how were you guys received in the locker room when you first uh, joined, and, and and who did you get along with the most uh, out of the gate? Me and Sandman got along good. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as getting along with people in the locker room, I mean, everybody was cool with us, you know what I mean? We didn't go in there fucking with nobody, trying to fight nobody or nothing like that. We went in, we did our thing, we got paid and we left. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I hooked up with Sandman and we were doing all kind of crazy shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you got any uh, stories of uh, partying with the Sandman and what you've got up to? Well, me and the Sandman, we hung out a lot, okay? And we would do our little drugs and everybody would be like, oh, New Jack and Sandman doing drugs again. I'd be like, so fucking what? We doing them, we doing them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we, we did our thing, you know, it didn't affect us working you know, in no kind of way or nothing. We just went out there and did what we had to do. After the show was over with, we go back to the hotel and we'll keep doing drugs. <laughs> That's Sounds awesome, fun, man. That's great. <laughs> Jack? Yeah, um, when your music was uh, played during your matches, uh, what was the story behind this? I can imagine it would have just pumped you up so much, especially with all the fans, the atmosphere, and then you've got the music. How was um, that, that really pumped you up? How was the story? That was my idea. I, I told Paulie one night, I said, let our music play through, throughout the whole match. And he was like, for what? I said, just trust me. Let the music play. I said, I said I'm trying to do something. I said, let it play the whole match. I said, it's going to be like a long, like, like, like a fight scene in a movie. You know what I mean? With the music playing over and over. I said, let it play. I said, if it don't work, We'll scratch it. You know what I mean? I said, but let's try it and see how it works. We did it. After the show was over with, he came to me. He said, I want you to do that every night. And I was like, I'm cool with it. You know what I mean? And the fans liked it and everybody enjoyed it. And it went over well. It is. Uh, it's, it's perfect. It's, very, it's a very new concept at the time. You know, I still don't think anyone's done it since. No, um, no. No, and they shouldn't because no it only worked with one person. That's New Jack. 
And I think as well in the ECW atmosphere, um, to me, like obviously I was, you know, I never went to a show. I'm in Australia and I'm 22 years of age. Um, but it, to me, it seemed like it was just one big party as well as, as well as a wrestling show. And I think the music added so much to the atmosphere, especially for your matches um, when they were like, you know, it was when the crowd would just be going off and going crazy. And you had that, it was really brings like a party atmosphere out and brings uh, sort of makes your yeah, matches. you're right. It out. was. Did you ever have any uh, stories of partying that you may have not told any before? Uh, yeah, sorry, I'll start again. Do you have any stories of partying that you may have not told before on any other podcast? We know that um, you know that a lot of people like to ask a lot of repeating stories. Do you have any uh, anything anywhere that you may have not have told yet? No, I mean, I I basically told that story already. I mean, you know, it was just mainly at the arena in Philly. All of the fans, well, the majority of the fans would leave the arena and would go to the Holiday Inn, hotel, to, the, to the bar at the hotel, and we would all go down there and meet. And all we were doing <coughs> is drinking and getting high. Yeah. <laughs> and this shit went on all night long. Was there any, uh, any sort of really strange experiences uh, with those fans um, in those uh, times? Because I imagine, you know, you would have met the... Uh all sorts of fans during that period. Was there any uh, sort of very strange, out-of-the-ordinary experiences with any of them? They were all weird. <laughs> they were. They, the, fucking, the fucking ECW fans, they're like one of a kind. They were all fucking weird. You know, and I mean, they would show up at the Holiday Inn. They have drugs. We do drugs. We didn't have, really have to buy shit, but I bought mine anyway. But we didn't have to because they would bring whatever the fuck it is we wanted. They would bring it to us. <laughs> <laughs> ACW fans, and they just seems like it's such a hardcore fan base. No pun intended. Uh, just a very, you know, such a hardcore wrestling fan base, and you know that wrestling means the world to them. So you know they would have been going above and beyond, trying to sort of outdo you. Um, in the prime of your, in the 90s. Yeah. Well, um, I want to ask you about, um, I, I want to know how many times over the, I guess I guess it was within the 90s or maybe earlier than that, um, that you had been in prison. Uh, I, I just find this interesting because I've, I've never spoke to anyone before that has been in the US prison system. And I just wanted to know, when you have been there, I mean, uh, I want to know your personal experiences and stories of being incarcerated and what that was like for you. Well, I went straight out of high school. I got in trouble. Yeah. I had an armed robbery and an aggravated assault. But because I was 18, they gave me two years. So my first two years, out of high school, I did in prison. And it was, it was an experience. I mean, you know, you saw shit and they was, there, there was drugs in there and people getting raped and all kind of crazy shit. I didn't get raped, but I mean, you know, it was just people got raped and beat up and fucked up and all kind of shit. You know what I mean? And it was an experience. It was, it was a learning experience and it taught me a lot. And I tried to keep my nose clean after that. I yeah. can't say I did it, but I tried. And when you first entered, you know, you're an 18 year old man and uh, obviously there's a lot of guys in there and you have to gravitate towards 
certain people or, uh, you know, to make sure that you, you, how do you, how do you like, when you walk into that atmosphere, how do you, as an 18 year old man, figure out what the right thing to do is and what the wrong thing to do is? Well, I mean, nobody bothered me because like I said, I was straight out of high school and, you know, I was lifting weights, I was big, you know what I mean? And I didn't have a problem as far as that goes. I got in a few fights and I damn near killed a guy. So they was just like, leave that motherfucker alone. You know what I mean? And, and I took care of myself, you know? And like I said, I learned something new in there every day, but I took care of myself and I managed to get out and go to college. And what was it that you studied at college? Physical ed, physical ed. Okay, cool. Um, did you ever go, uh, go any further with that when you, um, did you, I guess you finished your course with phys ed? No, actually, part of my parole was I had to go to college. Okay. One of the conditions of my parole was I had to go to college. So as soon as I came off of parole, I, I quit going to school. I didn't want to go no more. I, I, I didn't want to go. I was there because I had to be there. I didn't want to go. So I quit. Right. Fair enough. Um, so you, you, uh, you, I want to go back to your run in uh, ACW. Actually, you know what? Before that, I want to ask you another question that's a kind of a random one. Traveling on the road, I want to know one guy that you would say was the most disgusting person that you had to travel with on the road. Balls Mahoney. <laughs> I, knew it was, I, I knew that was going to be the answer. Um, we, we interviewed Big Sal recently, and he um, was talking about being at a Limp Biscuit concert, and uh, Balls... Uh, was caught eating food out of the trash, so. Uh. Dude, we was in the car one day. It was me, Big Sal, and Balls. We had just came from a Chinese restaurant. So Balls was driving, Big Sal was in the, in, the, in the passenger seat, and I was in the back seat. So Balls started picking his nose and eating it. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And automatically threw up. They had to pull over and let me throw up outside of the car because balls eating fucking boogers. <laughs> I was like, you nasty fuck. You know what I mean? But yeah, it, it had to have been balls. <laughs> uh, I know uh, a few years back you two had a bit of heat with one another. Did you guys end up being able to uh, kind of bury the hatchet before he passed yeah. away? Yeah, we did. That's good to hear. Um, so yeah, going back to ECW now, um, you know, that first run that you had there in the gangsters with Mustafa, what are your fondest memories of, of that time period? I mean, we just, what I didn't did, we had to do, you know what I mean? They put us in the ring with whoever they put us in the ring with and we would work them and we'd get the fans a good show. Um, and at some point, you guys split up, and Mustafa leaves ECW. Um, I haven't been able to find out why he left. Do you have any insight on that? Um, me and Mustafa had just got the belts, and he had moved to California. Well, I'm sorry, Nevada. And he no showed. We were supposed to be doing an angle against the Dudleys. 
at down in Wildwood, New Jersey, and Mustafa no show. So Terry Funk came up to me and he was like, I saw your partner last week in Nevada. And I was like, who? He said, Mustafa. So when I talked to Mustafa, I was like, why didn't you come to the show last week? And he made up some bullshit excuse. And I said, we just got the bills. I said, and you pulling this shit now? So I went and told Paulie, I said, I'm not tagging with him no more. He said, we just put the bills on y'all. I said, we'll take them off. I said, because I'm not tagging myself no more. So he took the bills off of us. <coughs> and I told him I wasn't working with him no more. So he fired him. And I was done. Right. Um, so from there, I guess, uh, I think Perry Saturn leaves the company soon after as well to go to WCW and they put you with John Cronus in the Gangstonators. Um, uh, we, somebody, we, somebody made that shit up. We were never, we were never known as the Gangstonators. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> really? A fucking fan made up that, made that bullshit up. Yeah. <laughs> shit um well you teamed with john anyway for a bit there and uh, i wanted to know any stories you have of john cronus because uh big sal when we spoke to him uh certainly had a few uh funny things to say because he seemed a little bit out there me and cronus was living in philadelphia at the time so we would hang out a lot besides ecw we would hang out And we got along real good. And when Cronus passed, I was the only one from ECW that went to his funeral. And I thought that was a bit fucked up, but that's what happened. You know, but being on the road with him, we had fun on the road together all the time. We would ride together and we stayed at the hotel. You know, we, we always stayed at the same hotel and it was always, just some silly shit, some silly shit going on with Cronus, but we had a good time overall, and he was a good guy. Yeah, um, yeah, he, he sounds like a great guy and uh, also a fantastic performer. Um, after this run within in the tag division uh, ends, you uh, at, at some point Mustafa comes back, um, and you're working with him in a feud. How are you feeling, you know, at this point when, um, you know, you had already felt the way you felt when the team split up? How are you feeling with him coming back? Had you guys kind of buried the hatchet and, you know, wanted to do something together? No, we didn't bury the hatchet. It was like, Paulie was asking me, could I work with him? Okay. And at first I said, yeah. And then I told him, no, I couldn't. <laughs> he said, well, Jack, you told me you would do it. So he paid me enough money to do it. Right. And we worked the program and it, it went it went over okay. Uh by the end of the program, did were you two okay with each other again or did that have to did that take place years later? It took place years later. Right, okay. Um so you you kind of have your singles run now, you're no longer doing tag team stuff. 
Um, we don't want to go over the same old shit that you usually get asked, you know, mass trans and all that stuff. We've heard everything that ever needs to be said about that stuff. And, and especially the um, Living Dangerously 2000 pay-per-view with uh, Vic Grimes and all that. But I wanted to ask you about after that moment when you two went off the scaffold together and he landed on you and obviously damaged you pretty bad. How did that affect you afterward as a person once you, you know, started to, I guess, recover from that injury? I was never the same. Right. And I knew I wasn't the same, you know what I mean? Because it took a lot out of me. Because it was a it was a spot that we had planned on doing, and everybody was like, "Okay, it's cool, we'll do it." Vic was like, "Okay, Jack, I'm, I got you, we straight." And then when we got up there, and then he pussied it out like he it was too high for him to take the bump, so we ended up doing it anyway, and he fell on top of me, and I was never the same. What was something that you noticed about yourself that was different? Well, for one, I lost my sight, in my right eye. That was different. Yeah. And did you now know that you had to kind of work differently when you would wrestle or? Um... Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and obviously to this day, that still affects you. Um, right. Jack, uh, back over to you, bro. Yeah. Uh, as um, Carl has mentioned uh, numerous times, we had Big Sal on the podcast uh, a couple, I think it's about a month ago now. Um, and he told us a story about the XPW invasion at uh, Heatwave 2000. And he um, mentioned the uh, brawl that happened outside. And um, he told a, a funny story about you at the time you were on crutches and you came out and you were just screaming at all the ECW boys to get in there and tell them to, you know, get them, um, just beat them down and all that sort of stuff. What, what's your memories from, from the night of uh, the XPW invasion at Heatwave 2000? I remember them coming down. They was trying to come down the ringside. And they was making a lot of noise. I was in the back watching the monitor. So they came in, they, they made all this fucking noise. So they came outside and we was outside in the back. They came outside and it was just a big smosh. Everybody just ran in and started fighting. And I was swinging crutches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, just a, it's a great story. I mean, I've heard, uh, Sort of um, a, another version from um, from that version from Big Sal about you swinging the crutches around, and I just thought that was uh, great as well. What was the uh, injury from that put you on the crutches? I had surgery. Had surgery. Uh, what was the um, was it from the injury with the uh, Danbury fall, or was it something else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fucking hell, jeez, man. Um, how did you uh, find out uh, ECW was uh, closing down uh, in two thousand and one? You could tell from the way Paulie started booking the show, he booked the show that he didn't really give a fuck. He was just putting shit together. You know what I mean? And it was like, you know, I could see the writing on the wall. And yeah. I was like, I'm leaving. You know, I, I, I was one of the first ones to leave. I was like, I'm leaving before I'm told, before I get told to get out, I'm leaving. So I left. Yeah. No, and, you, and we've heard that uh, the same thing from uh, numerous other ECW guys who have spoken out on the topic. You know, everyone could see it writing on the wall. Some were smarter than others because I know that uh, if you were sort of the, one of the last to leave, you would have probably been owed a, uh, a shit ton of money and that you were probably never going to see. Right. Carl? Um, I wanted to kind of scale back a little bit um, and, and talk about 
what it was like um, working with the Baldies. Um, obviously, don't really want to talk about Big Grimes, but what it was like to uh, work with you know Tony DeVito and and uh, Angel uh, during two thousand. I enjoyed working with him. I had a good time working with him. Yeah, I love working with Angel. I love working with DeVito. The story seemed to be like uh, you know Angel was the king of the streets now, and uh, he kept on getting a victory and victory over you. Um, I think it really worked well to really make him into a, uh, an important part of the show. Um, yeah. I uh, want to also ask you what you miss most about your days in ECW. I don't. <laughs> you don't miss it at all? No, I don't. Um, after ECW is done, you start working for XPW. What was working for that company like after what had happened in 2000? Basically, it was the paycheck. Yeah. We ran once a month. I went out there and did my thing. I got paid and I left. Yeah. You know, no, I never I never got paid in porn. <laughs> because somebody said to me one day, they were like, Jack, the raw black pay all in porn. I was like, no, you dumb fuck. I never got paid in porn. You know what <laughs> I mean? And he took care of me. He, he took care of me pretty good while I was out there. Right. Did it did it have the same feel as ECW when you were there? No, it wasn't even close. No. No. Um, I also want to ask you about CZW and it, to me it kind of seemed like a natural fit for you to to work there more often. Why why don't you think you ever had a longer run with CZW? I know you only did a few shots for them. I really did one. I mean, I went and I did a couple of shots with like you said, but I didn't see myself being there for a long time because I really didn't like the product. You know what I mean? So I just went in and made an appearance about three times, I believe, and then I was done. Did you find that their product was a little bit too over the top? No. No, I didn't. Um, so you also have a, a brief run with TNA. Uh, I wanted to know what that experience was like for you. It was a little bit later on in the timeline here. Um, yeah, how was it like uh, working at TNA? It was okay. It was easy. Yeah. Yeah. It was like it, it, it was a lot easier than ECW. It was a, a whole lot easier. You know what I mean? And I had a good time. It was it was it was it was an easy job. I know you got to work with Sam and a bit there. I guess that would have been fun for both of you to yeah. um do a bit of shit together there. Um, yeah, Sam and always had good matches. We always did. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to ask you about uh, this potential dark match you were supposed to have at WWE in, I think, 2004. What happened there, and why didn't the New Jack WWE thing work out? It was a lot of politics involved in that. And I had a meeting with them, and one of the things that they were asking me for they said, if we sign you, we are on the rights of your character, your, the likeness of your character, the name, the whole nine. And I wasn't ready to give that up. You know what I mean? So we did a, a dark, well, we were supposed to have done a dark match. But they heard me talking to the guy who I had to work about what I wanted to do in the match. 
Right. And the word got back to the office that I was gonna go out there and cut a fool. So they they took my name off the list. Oh, really? I went I, and got paid, and I got the fuck on. I didn't give a shit. I'd heard a story that um, you were warned to not say hello to Vince McMahon or something like that, and you did. And um, is that something that happened there? It did happen. Yeah. I went up to him and, and, and spoke and shook his hand. I was like, fuck you. I'm like, I'm, I'm New Jack. You know what I mean? And he was like, nice to meet you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was the end of it. I was like, I don't give a fuck, man. Come on. He's just another dude. Of <laughs> Over exactly. to you, Jack. <laughs> In uh, 2013, <clears throat> that's uh, Supercard th- uh, 2013, you had your... Uh, uh, retirement match with Necro Butcher. Um, now, of course, um, that would have been sort of an emotional and also a very uh, big night for you. Tell me your memories about that night. Of course, Necro Butcher is an absolute um, incredible worker. Um, how was that night for you, knowing that that was uh, going to be, at, at the time, your uh, final match? I had a good time. I, I enjoy working with Necro. You know what I mean? And at the time, I was like, I'm done with it. I'm tired of it. But I went home. And I sat at home for two years and didn't do nothing. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to get back in the ring. You know, this, this sitting at home shit is for the birds. I'm like, I'm going to get back in the ring. So that's what I did. <laughs> and you still uh, wrestling to this? Oh, sorry, Carl. You better so I was just going to say, I thought the um, the the match with Necro Butcher and and what happened after the match was to me it felt like one of the most classiest like ends to a career at the time when you got on the mic and started rapping your song. I just wanted to say that I thought that was a really awesome moment, man. It was really cool. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> um, it was the um, constant ECW reunion shows. Um, how many of those were you involved in? And um, why didn't you get the chance to be um, a part of the ECW One Night Stand pay-per-views in 05 and 06? This man did not like me. Couldn't even give you a chance, man. Couldn't give him your chance. He he went on record and told somebody that he was afraid to hire me because I was a a, a a a lawsuit waiting to happen. You know, so I was like, "Fuck you!" You know what I mean? I didn't give a shit. Of course not. <laughs> I'd um, I mean, I'd actually heard. Um, I, I I want you to clear this up if this is bullshit or not because I know that. They were running the one night stand shows, uh, the Hammerstein Ballroom, and the reason why you apparently weren't uh, able to appear on the first one was because you had some sort of warrant or something like that. Is there any truth to true. that at all? Yeah, I didn't, true. I didn't think so. I just yeah, I remember reading it years ago, but you know, some of these dirt sheet writers can be full of shit. So yeah, that's, that's not true. Okay, cool. Uh, back to you, Jack. <laughs> Yep. Um, in the early 2000s, you shot a uh, video game commercial for a game. Um, you know, I've got a lot of childhood memories of uh, this game, the Backyard Wrestling video game. And uh, you shot that with Vampiro and uh, ICP. There's a clip of you getting powerbombed uh, through the table. Do you have any stories uh, from the commercial shoot that day? Uh, was, there any, was it a fun day? Bam had a problem with picking me up. <laughs> I've seen the footages. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, he was like, Jack, you're too fucking heavy. And uh, he kept trying to pick me up and he couldn't raise me up. So I'm like, come on, motherfucker, do it. You know what I mean? And he finally got me up in the air and he was like, what the fuck? 
Because he thought he'd kill me when he dropped me. But I was like, no, dude, I'm all right. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, it, it, it was funny. <laughs> it's it's funny because at one stage everything stops because now new jack is yelling and he's taking over the shoot just fucking pick me up motherfucker let's fucking do this come on jack i don't want to hurt you man i don't want to fuck i don't care we're fucking doing it and you're pumping him up you're whacking him you come on let's do it come on come on i right. love that footage it's fantastic <laughs> yeah back over to, to me jack um yeah. i wanted to ask you about the experience with extreme Reunion, Extreme Rising, the uh, attempt at bringing back something that's dead uh, with Shane Douglas and Steve O'Neill, etc. Um, what what was your thoughts on that experience? Steve O'Neill is a fat piece of shit. Yep. <laughs> and as far as bringing it back, Shane didn't know what he was doing. You know what I mean? He tried. He tried, but he, he didn't have the ingredients that Paul Lee did. You know what I mean? And we did about three shows, and then that was the end of it. Yeah, I, I'd heard that um, the fallout of that was that there were shows booked, uh, and Steve O'Neill took ticket. Uh, people paid online for tickets, and then he just um, ghosted on everyone, deactivated his Facebook, and didn't pay anyone back for... Um, the tickets that they wanted to read. That's probably for. true. Yeah. Um, I wanted to know how you were doing physically these days after all those years in the ring. I had surgery about seven or eight months ago on my ankle. So I'm still wearing a boot on my ankle right now. I got insomnia. I don't sleep well. You know, and I, I limp when I walk because of my ankle's so fucked up now. Do you still get bad well, besides headaches? Besides that, I'm fucking great. Oh, that's good. <laughs> you, you still get headaches and all that? I know in uh, one of these documentaries that came out that you, you used to say you used to get pretty bad headaches. Yeah. I did. Um, so after the um, Vice uh, episode on your infamous moments aired, what was the reaction like um, toward you being back in the spotlight and how did you feel about that? I fucking loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it is awesome, man. I've, I, I've, I loved it. I've showed uh, several friends of, uh, friends of mine that aren't into wrestling uh, that much and um, it, it's truly shown them uh, the true reality of professional wrestling, especially you know, in the days of ECW and, uh, whatever, and all the other places you were at. And, um, you know, they've also sort of grown uh, a much bigger appreciation after watching uh, those Vice documentaries. Uh, they were great. Thank you, man. Um, so I wanted to uh, talk about your book um, and the process of writing it and um, give you an opportunity to tell any fans out there that might be watching this, you know, what they can expect from it. My book, I talk about real shit. It's not like a wrestling book. Like a lot of guys in wrestling, they write a book about wrestling and it's just stories on the road about wrestling. You know what I mean? And I mentioned it, but I stayed away from it. Buy the book, you'll see what's in it. 
Um, uh, another question I had is, you know, what are the biggest misconceptions that people have about you? People think I'm crazy. <laughs> I hear that all the time. It's like, I think I'm the only person on the planet that somebody can wish a Merry Christmas to, and it goes like this. Merry Christmas, motherfucker. You crazy son of a bitch. You know what I mean? And it's like, I get that all the fucking time. I don't give whatever kind of holiday it is, at the end, I'm a motherfucker. <laughs> Anyone listening um, to this interview, you can see the man's not crazy. It's all good. He's not. He's he's quite nice actually. Um I also want to ask you another question of what the best advice you were ever given in the business. Ray Kanda told me one time, he said, Jack, whatever you do, don't let them white boys play you to be a fool. He said, don't get caught up in the ass kissing game. He said, don't let them white boys play you to be a fool. You know what I mean? He said, stay true to what you're doing. He said, you go a long way. And I have. I believe he also said to you once, um, try to, uh, what, what was it that he said? Something about, think about something that you've never seen before and try to be that or something along those lines. He told me, he said, creating a character, he said, is real tricky. He said, what you got to do is you got to create something that you've never seen before. Yeah. And I was like, that's a mind fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm like, how am I going to create something that I've never seen? He said, that's just it. You go out and create something that you've never seen. And that's what I did. That certainly is what you did. Um, and I don't think we're going to see anything like that again, especially with the way that wrestling is these days. Uh, never say it again. No. Never. No. You see, you see New Jack on television and you're like, that guy would kick my ass. Now you see some of the guys on, on television, you're like, mm, I think I might have a shot with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also want to ask you about the, the Terry Funk roast. Uh, and I wanted to know what, what exactly it was that happened that evening. Dude, I was on pills. I've been taking pills like all day. So, and then I was drinking. So between that vodka and orange juice and me taking Xanax and Percocet, I was high as a motherfucker. So when it came down to us doing the roast with Terry Funk, I couldn't sit still. <clears throat> Every time that I would go sit down, somebody would say something, and I'd jump up and run back up to the podium and start talking again. And everybody got mad at me. They was like, what you sit the fuck? <laughs> but I was like, I was having a ball, but dude, they, they were pissed. Everybody in there was pissed. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this, though. You looked fantastic. That was a hell of an outfit you were wearing that night. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> Um, when it comes to the drugs and, and, and the stuff that you've done over the years, what was, the, when was there a finally a time where you're like, I'm not doing that anymore? When I found out I had a bad heart. 
Okay. Oh. Yeah, I start. Yeah, so you made that decision then to... Yeah. Okay. How long ago was that? 2000. Okay. Oh, a very long time ago. Um, so I want to ask you uh, any advice that you would want to give anybody uh, in this day and age that wants to become a wrestler. Good luck. Good fucking love. Good point. I'll explain it. So this segment, uh, New Jack, is called Five Second Frenzy. You've got five seconds to answer each question. And I know with wrestlers, sometimes they need more than five seconds, but that's okay. Um, it's just to get to know a little bit more about you and, and things that you might not usually um, get asked. So the first question is, who was your favorite opponent? Both. Do you have a favorite match that you performed in? Big Grimes. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I threw him, when I threw him on the scaffold, that was my favorite one, Big Grimes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever talk to him after that happened? No. <laughs> I, didn't I can't think blame so. you. I can't blame you, sorry. I can't. Um, what's your favorite alcoholic beverage? Vodka. Very nice. Your favorite food? Seafood. Your favorite TV show? Cops. Nice. Uh, your favorite film? Evil Dead. Nice. nice. What's your favorite female body part? Tits. Sick. <laughs> and lastly, what's your favorite curse word? Fuck. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> awesome, bro. <laughs> well, uh, again, we want to thank you for your time today, uh, New Jack. It's uh, really been, um, really been, I'm, I'm spun out that we got the, actually the opportunity to talk to you. And I hope that you look back on what you did in, in wrestling, very proud of, of the cutting edge shit that you, that you came up with and that you did. And, um, you know, from two guys here in Perth, Western Australia, me and, me and Jack, we just want to say we appreciate what you put yourself through over the years. And, um, we just hope that you're proud with everything that you've accomplished. Thank you, man. I appreciate y'all having me. No worries. Awesome, and uh, that was the podcast here in conjunction with the WCWA Network. I'm Carl alongside New Jack, and we will see you next time. Thank you. Peace. Thank you.